Hey, Courtney, how are you doing today? Hi, I am doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing, it's early. It's early in the morning. It is early. It's What's early. I've got my water. You've got your coffee. I, got ready for this. I was like, listen, I will only get up early for a handful of people. So I you made the list. I, you did. <laughs> because 10 a.m. Because 10 a.m. So is early. <laughs> 10 a.m. is so early. I'm a person that stays up till at least two o'clock on a daily. Yeah. Because I get the late night creativity stuff happening. Right. So I never want yeah. to sleep. So I run a bunch of games at night. Mm -hmm. Game I ran last night was from 7 to 10 p.m. And then I had to like write up a bunch of notes and answer some emails until 11. And then I still had all this energy. So I'm like, hey, let's. I, my wife just is ready for bed. And I'm like, let's watch a show. I need to do some <laughs> Yeah, and I feel that. We were in bed after midnight, and luckily our kids sleep very, very well. Oh, hey, look, we're live. Uh, we've oh, got hey. we've got people listening in. This is Dungeons and Dax, the podcast where we talk about collaborative storytelling and how we tell better stories together. Thank you so much for coming in, Courtney. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, obviously, my name is Courtney, <laughs> and hi, I, Courtney. Hi. And I am a cosplayer full-time, and I am also a performer, primarily my basis being in musical theater. And gosh, this is really hard. I don't even know what else to say. What else do you oh, want to know? We're going to spend the next 30 minutes talking about <laughs> Don't worry. That's just scratching the surface. So that is that, scratching the surface. Now that people are interested, now that people are intrigued, now we get to delve into some of the more fascinating aspects of your life. For those of you who've, you know, been following following us on social media, you know that we were recently collaborating together on a live-streamed D&D game at Evermore Park. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But first, I want to delve into the origin story. The origin story. <laughs> yes, of how you became this epic nerd that you are today. Oh, um, so where does your origin story begin? My origin story starts in high school, if I'm being honest. So I didn't start getting into like costumes or performing or anything until about my freshman year in high school. Before that, I was an avid athlete. I used to play soccer all the time. Okay. Um, and it wasn't until my freshman year of high school where I actually didn't make the soccer team that I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself because that was my entire life. And I was like, oh, I didn't make the soccer team. I, I didn't know this was going to be a tragic backstory. It, it is a little bit. You know, it's the, those are the best kinds of backstories are the tragic yeah. backstory. But because of that, one of my classes that I was taking was an advanced dance class. I, I tested into advanced dance and not quite dance company. So I was in advanced dance and my teacher thought that I was good enough that she was like, hey, you should go and audition for the school musical and stuff because there's going to be a lot of dancing in that. and I said okay sure why not told my parents my parents were like I okay go for it and so I auditioned for my first production and it was Beauty and the Beast <laughs> and I, I was a villager I was a wolf and I was a plate <laughs> oh those are you have range I love that. I had so much range <laughs> in high school and I just stuck with musical theater after that I caught the bug immediately and I was 
stuck doing that. I joined choir in school. So I so was So you were a jock who became a theater. Yeah. I actually had a similar experience. I didn't make the basketball team my freshman year of high school. In junior high, I had a massive growth spurt. And I was about six inches taller than anybody else in my junior high basketball league. So I was the best center in, in the league, basically, because I was just so huge. But I never learned how to dribble well or shoot well. And so when I stopped growing at just barely six feet tall, I wasn't good at basketball anymore because I no longer <laughs> had the height advantage. So I had to turn to theater and choir and, yep. you know, music. Yeah. So you know, we, we share that in common. It's how it goes. How, how else would we have known that was going to be the case? So. so you became a theater. I did. I was an arts kid. So I was always in the arts wing all the time for things at my high school. And shortly after that, I went to college and I studied performing arts over at Salt Lake Community College through their performing arts program. I haven't finished it entirely. I did the performing arts track, but because of my learning disabilities that I have, two classes are a little bit hard for me to get past. So I've just been like, I'm good. I'm good right now. I have the knowledge that I need. Exactly. I have the knowledge I need. I did a lot of shows there and even some past the point of like me supposedly graduating from there. And then from there, I got married in 2017. And then in 2018, I got reached out to by Evermore Park to come and audition for their first season of Lore in 2018. And I was sort of in a post-recovery from a major surgery that I had in my life (laughs) when they contacted me. So I was like, I can't really get out of bed. Can I just send in an audition? I can manage to get myself up for about 20 minutes to film something and send it in. And they were like, yeah, sure. Let me send you a side. They sent me a side. I sent it in. The next day I got a casting email. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. So Evermore. So not everyone who listens has has been to Evermore. And you were the third person in a row that I've interviewed has experiences <laughs> with Evermore. And everybody defines Evermore in a different way. How would you explain Evermore to someone who's never been? I explain Evermore as a medieval game simulation. Because okay. in this household, we are video game people, 100%. So I can really only describe things in video game terminology now. Thanks to my husband. And yeah, I basically tell them that you have dived into a fantasy game and you get to interact with characters and they send you on quests. Fetch quests. That's it. <laughs> Fetch quests and NPCs. I love it. <laughs> Fetch quests. That's that's really what it was when it was when I was working there, when I was starting there. It was a lot of fetch quests. So tell us about that first season of lore. And this was this was during the spooky season. It was a spooky season, and yet I was not a spooky character. Oh, you were nice and friendly? Oh, yeah. I mean, look at my face. Doesn't it just scream <laughs> nice? And- <laughs> Last time we hung out, you looked a lot scarier. I looked um, so scary. Um, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> but no, I was actually cast as a fairy my first season. 
um, of lore, and I would play that fairy for the next three years. <laughs> cool. Of working there. And the first season of lore was a very interesting season because none of us really knew what was going on. None of us really understood to the full extent. I don't even think I understood to the full extent of what I was doing. I had some experience with improv because I was on my college's improv team. Mm -hmm. But this was a different level of improv that I had never experienced before. And it was how they basically started asking me what do you want out of your character? You have free reign to make your character. Obviously, this is something that has changed since. And, you know, Everboard is in charge of what kind of characters they write now and stuff. But when I was working there, I was the person who built my character because I was defined as like fairy number one. What I was there. I just wanted to be more than just. I did. I did. Well, and that was. How do you make yourself interesting when you are just labeled as fairy number one? You're given the evermore handbook of things from lore 2018. Can we get a profile shot of that binder? See how thick it is? This was my binder. Oh, that's a four inch re-ring binder for those listening in. That is yes. This was the Bible. So this is all of the original stuff of what Evermore's linear concept was supposed to be. My character was not written in any of this. I was, you know, a side character. I wasn't part of the main story or anything like that. I had a very, very small descriptor as to what a fairy was in the world of Evermore. And that was it. You know, I didn't have too much to work with. So it was a lot of, hey, uh, what? do you want to do? And I was like, okay, let me figure this out. I had to come up with a name. I didn't know what I was going to be dressed like yet, but I had to come up with a name. I had to come up with a personality trait. I was also the oldest fairy out of all of the girls. All the girls were like, yes, all the girls were like in their late teens. And I was like 23, 22 at the time. And so I basically adopted the like Mary Poppins type of demeanor where I was taking care of all the little girl fairies, basically, (laughs) and trying to keep them in check and stuff because I was trying not to run around that much. I was like, I'm too old for this already. (laughs) Of running around, being crazy, all of that fun stuff. I came up with my name. My character's name was Imelda. And I came up with Imelda because I was really obsessed with the movie Coco at the time. And Mama Imelda was one of my favorite characters in that movie. Hey, so. That was that was the that was the dead grandmother who forbade everyone from listening to music because yes. Hector had had gone and left her. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's coming back. She was feisty. She is feisty. Yeah. I'm getting she all misty eyed just thinking about Coco. It's a good movie. It's so sad, it, but also so. It's so good. Cool. So you had you played Imelda the Fairy, and I during that time I was just a casual fan of Evermore. I'd go with my wife, we'd go on date nights, and I remember you. I remember oh. you as a fairy. Oh, hey. um, <laughs> I mean, I was just some guy in the crowd. You know, all old bearded guys look the same. So my was hair was a lot shorter at the time, actually. Yeah. Well, mine, I mean, most of the fairies. Mine was like up to here, so grown out since mine was i've had many haircuts since <laughs> more or less look the same 
so yeah, so Evermore was, you mentioned before the stream that that was a huge turning point for you in figuring out, mm -hmm. you know, what you wanted to be and you grew up. The wise old age of 22 or 23, this Evermore puts you on another trajectory towards, you know, awesome movieness. Yeah, what I was, was not expecting step? it. I was not expecting anything that was going to happen next in my life because the concept of making a character and dressing up and interacting with characters was completely new to me. The LARP experience, completely foreign to me. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, these people are really, really into what they are doing. And <laughs> really? they're like, they're like really interested in wanting to know more about me, the character, and not the quest that I'm going to give them. I haven't gotten that figured out yet. So I was like rushing <laughs> to like try to figure out backstory. The fairies were trying to figure out how, like, where did we come from? Who are we? In, who's in charge of us? Like those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. uh, as, a, a of as a guest at the park, I always found that the side characters were more fun to hang out with because those who were like central to the plot, one, there was always a huge line yep. to, to go talk to them. And they were just repeating the same stuff over and over and over again because it was mm -hmm. part of a plot that they needed to adhere to. But the side characters, at least in my experience, they didn't have lines. They were a lot more free and they would be more willing to ask you questions as a guest and build mm -hmm. relationships. And so I became friend. I like the fairies, of course. I became friends with a bunch of goblins there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the side characters that I really fell in love with that I so yeah. thanks for, I, thanks for being I made a lot character. of I made a lot of really fun relationships with people through my character after that season too. Like, you know, some of my relationships that I had with patrons turned into actual relationships and I'm still friends with some of them to this day. And yeah, it was it was a really, really fun time, but I just had a ever experienced anything like that before in my life and I ended up making my own character too when I wasn't cast the following season for Aurora and everything my husband was cast but I wasn't and I was like well I'm gonna be going there a lot to drive my husband to work I need to come up with a character and so I came up with my first character ever which was my pirate character Vera She's no longer a pirate now. She's had a complete story arc at this point. Redemption but, art, but. but when I first made her, she was a pirate and she was my first character I ever like invested costume pieces for and got a wig for and anything like that. Like I just, and I fell in love with her and she was one of my favorite characters that I played for a really, really long time. So yeah, I always started off with my character since then. Like I said, I started off with her making her costume. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I built her costume first and then I filled out her backstory later. And what was really funny is that recently, while I was cleaning out all of my old things, like I was finding all of my old dolls that my mom sent over to me, I found a journal. Or I would say it's a journal. It's literally a notebook with Orlando Bloom's character from Pirates of the Caribbean on the front. <laughs> of because course, I was, I was obsessed with him when I was younger. 
because he was real cute. And in that book, in that notebook, I wrote my own fan fiction and I forgot that I had written anything like this about a pirate character in the Pirates of the Caribbean universe. And like to a T, somehow this was just like all the way in the big back of my subconscious, I guess. <laughs> but like there are so many similarities of my character's backstory and my middle school version's brain of, <laughs> of my pirate <laughs> character. And I was Vera like, oh was just God. living rent free in living your there mind, in ready for her moment to shine. Yes, exactly. Uh, awesome. So, a lot of people, when they get into Dungeons and Dragons or any tabletop RPGs, when they start creating a character, they start with stats, you know, race, class, um, mm -hmm. the mechanics of the game. I I like to take a story first approach. I want to know, you know, what, why is this person suffering? Why do they want to mm -hmm. go out, change the world? What? what how are they? discontent with their life mm -hmm. um, i love this story-driven approach and you've introduced another very cool approach starting with the aesthetics starting with the look and what else do you do to get into the headspace of a new character i now that i have built up like a very large plethora of costume pieces <laughs> over time i always excellent to... use of the word plethora by the way gotta yeah. gotta compliment that Thank you. I I start to actually just consider what I already have on my person. And I just want to use what I already have half the time. And sometimes I'll build things if I really want to like round out something and make it a little bit different. Hence why my damn fear looks a little bit different. But majority of the stuff that I had for her, I already had. So... I always try to take the approach of what do I already have? And then I will go to Pinterest and I'll try to find some vibes there as well. And then I'll be like, oh, I'm going to add this element. And then maybe I'll build something. So in the case of my damp fear, she, I, I built all of the floral pieces for her costume. But everything else of mine that I already owned. Let's so, fast yeah. forward a little bit to that damn fear character. Yeah. Audrinelle, that was her name? Audrinelle Core. Yeah. Audrinelle Core. So when we became acquainted through our mutual friend, Rachel Ann, um, you were brought in as one of the characters on a live stream that I was dungeon mastering. And you had some, you had some vibes. I guess that's a good word for it. You had some yeah. vibes of the character that you wanted and the aesthetic that you wanted. But when you talked to me, you didn't quite know how that was going to work mechanically or story-wise, mm -hmm. which is great because I was there and I was able to find the mechanics for you. Let's talk about that process. Where did you start with Audra now? Well, again, I have an obsession with musical theater and I am still obsessed with Little Shop of Horrors. I was still on my Little Shop of Horrors kick and stuff. And I primarily wanted to have a character that was different because I have been playing a bard for over three years. <laughs> and I also was cosplaying a bard recently as well on TikTok. So I was like, okay, I got to move away from the bard class as much as I love being a bard because I can be like my true self. And it's, an, it's a type of character class that I can ease into with no problem, despite not knowing anything about instruments. <laughs> 
I wanted to do something completely different for the D&D live stream because it was going to be a one shot. And I didn't know if this was going to be a character that I was going to want to translate into another live into another session or a campaign, excuse me, <laughs> campaign. I'm still getting used to the D&D terminology, despite the fact that I've only been playing for three years. <laughs> it's, um, fine. it's fine. People still get confused with character level and spell levels. And yeah. It's not intuitive. It's not intuitive. Don't worry. <laughs> so, yeah. So the primary thing was that I wanted to take myself out of my comfort zone. And I said to you that I wanted to do something completely different than what I was used to. And that decision was... I wanted to be a chaotic, evil character. <laughs> and that kind of happened. And it was great. And it turned out really funny because I threw everybody for a loop on the live stream. Who was the real enemy? Was it the actual enemies that Dax was throwing at us? Or was it Courtney? Was it Audrinal? <laughs> for those of you who didn't catch that yet, that's a play on Audrey too. The yeah. Person eating plant, little shop of horrors. And I remember you said to me you wanted to be chaotic evil. And I don't use alignment in my games. I mean, I use a lot of morality. I use a lot of philosophy. Yeah. But the alignment system I've always found to be restricting. I'm more interested in good people who do bad things and bad people who, who you know, have redemption arcs, right? I'm more interested mm -hmm. in those types of stories. And I don't think right. the alignment system lends to that nuance, putting people in nine different boxes so mm -hmm. we talked about okay what does it mean to be chaotic evil what is it you actually want yes and we decided your character didn't just want to destroy things and, and watch the world burn what what did she want what were some of the inspirations for her she wanted to actually have basically seymour's moment in little shop of horrors which was you know he wants to kill the plant but actually be successful at killing the plant <laughs> you know the 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 movie version not the director's cut <laughs> that's that's really what she wanted was that you know she did it she wanted some semblance of her old life back mm -hmm. and she feels that the only reason her life changed was because of the plant that changed her and she hates what she is now for it and she kind of turned into this vengeful type of individual that doesn't really care about other people around her because she's so hyper-focused on one thing and that's just destroying things. I don't know if she'd actually be happy post like fighting her maker. Yeah. But because you had that motive and that drive, that gave you a reason to cooperate with the party, to go along with their plans and bide and wait. I've seen players try to be chaotic and they just throw a wrench into everything, but there's no reason, there's no purpose. You were very deliberate and that made your betrayal at the end so much more <laughs> delicious because you were their friend and you had helped them and you had healed them. And what everything you did was with your specific goal and motive in mind, which was yeah. which was a, a selfish motive. You know, I want to be- It was very selfish, absolutely. But it was still like, you still wanted something that you perceived was- you valued freedom. You valued getting your life back. Uh, you were willing to step on other people to get to that. But that mm -hmm. made a more fascinating and interesting character. I remember we were talking about some of your inspiration. You mentioned Audrey too. And you also mentioned Poison Ivy. I did uh, mention Poison um, Ivy, yeah. Yeah, Poison Ivy. 
And that's where we, we came up together with this idea of instead of a classic vampire or damn fear, but a carnivorous plant. Yes. Hence the um, druid background. Yes. And... We used the druid background, dru circle of spores, but we kind of reflavored it to be, you know, thorns and. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because my whole experience with druids has always been that they're like divinely good and they're like making beautiful things all the time, you know, and we sort of forget about all of the deadly type of plants that we have in the world too, you know? So I wanted oh to. Oh my goodness. Kind of you were also the... Isabel from Encanto. I didn't make that connection until <laughs> I I really wanted to spin the idea of a druid on its head by having it be so just inherently creepy. A because I also wanted to play druid. into, yeah, I wanted to play into your eldritch horror type of campaign for, that you were doing for us as well. And, you know, we, we dig spooky plants in this house too. My husband's next okay. game is about spooky things in your house and some of those have to do with plants and deadly plants at that so <laughs> i i love it it was so much fun to help be part of that creative process and bringing that character to life yeah um, i mean you did most of the work i was just kind of like guiding i was i was gardening a little bit a little I, here a little watering here but it was you who did the growing I loved how you brought me into the group. I was like, okay, he's introducing like everybody in the group. Wait, what is he doing with me? Oh, oh, okay. I was built up and it felt like I was a BDEG. <laughs> At the beginning of the session with how you introduced my character. And I loved just how much it intimidated the person who was in charge of the party being put together and everything. And it set up the perfect scenario of being like, you owe me, you owe me a favor because you can't pay for how much I charge. And I loved yes. that. I loved that so much. I was like, that was like the perfect setup. I hadn't had a more beautiful setup for the type of character that I was playing before. Like, to that extent, it was so cool. And that was something I hadn't planned. Like I hadn't written out how I was going to introduce all these characters because I wasn't sure what the vibe was going to be, everybody, how everybody mm -hmm. would interact. And so while I started making the introductions, that's when I was thinking on the fly, thinking what would be the best way uh, to get everyone in. I, and I looked at you and you just looked terrifying and awesome and powerful. This isn't somebody who is, you know, answering notice board jobs. This isn't someone who's, you know, a mercenary. This is, this is going to be the specialist that they bring in. This is, and, and so, yeah, I'm, so I thought up with this idea of a transaction, a, a devilish deal because money's useless in D and D, especially in a one shot when you're not going to be around a long time. Right. Having that social, that oral agreement. Uh-huh. Owe you a favor, which came into play in the final act like it that was really fun. did you, it made me so 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 you took that and then you know i was running the game i didn't have time to monitor or come back to that myself but you remembered and you brought it up and you were able to build on those ideas and make such a delicious twist it just it was 
it was so fun because I could just see the fear in everybody's eyes every time that I brought up the fact that I had an IOU and stuff <laughs> because it just, I, I've always wanted to play a good villain type of character and one that just shakes people to their core because you don't know what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. I, I loved it the entire <laughs> I loved it. Now, even though you were imposing and intimidating and spooky, there were some times when I got under your skin a little bit. And I got to Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Which was yeah. fun because we got to see more aspects of you. I It was actually me and not my character, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we had If you haven't watched the live stream yet, dear listener, oh, go do it. It's great. Major spoilers right now, as if we haven't already spoiled everything. Right. But there was this, there was this room behind a mimic. There was this unicorn head mimic, and in the room behind it, there were all these specimen jars, and these crawling hands stocking jars onto the ground, and the glass shattering, and liquid getting all over, and these slugs. They were actually slod tadpoles that were crawling around, and I had like twelve of them. Oh. I just got these from Amazon. And not only that, not only did I have these gooey slugs, um, but I had them soaking in water because I wanted them to be wet and slimy and gross, as visceral as possible. Because I, I mostly play my games online, and there's benefits to that. I get a nice comfy chair. I got a cool setup. Temperature is always just the way I like it. But I wanted to play with some mechanics isn't the right word, but play with some some props and some immersive elements. You wanted and to bring some physicality to the to the game. That is, yeah. That's a good word for it. Thank you. Yeah. So I brought these out and I just started throwing them at Yeah. Every time someone got attacked, I was just throwing. What how did you feel the first time one of these collided with you? Oh, I was so worried that like I had smudged something of my makeup. <laughs> I was careful not to aim for makeup. Yeah, um, but I was like, oh my God, because that i was like this is like we're almost into spring i am not ready for the haunted house the haunted house experience was in october and fall okay when i was going to haunted houses and i expected this it's almost spring i was not expecting <laughs> it's always spooky season in my house it's always spooky season <laughs> so and we had a lot of fun with these. You, your reactions were the best, which is just permission because to throw more Because I was viscerally having, like, real Courtney reactions. <laughs> which was funny because you were like, I'm a scary vampire. I'm a scary vampire, but throw creepy crawlies in front of me? Absolutely not. There was a moment where you, you were attacking one of these creatures. And oh. you were going to bite it. Because uh, you, you had fangs in. And think you wanted advantage on it or something like that i, like, I okay. sure did if you actually bite it in real life i will give you advantage on the roll and you did it and we got that on camera it was glorious it you was conquered glorious. that fear you dominated those slugs admittedly I admittedly i did only bite it with my vampire fangs and those are made out of plastic so <laughs> like my actual tooth but i did it Actual tooth, that would that would be a line we can't cross. Nope. <laughs> Big it tooth, was, okay. 
it's like the the feeling of something I knew they were sticky because they felt sticky on me so I was like the feeling of like I didn't want like sticky residue on my teeth if that made sense yeah and I could take out my things and like wipe it off so was it just the texture of the creatures that I threw was it the way they looked or was it the way that I described them the way that you described them the, it, that was the ache factor for me on on that, admittedly. Like, it was the way that you described them, and then you just, like, threw them. And I was like, <gasps> jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> that was really what it was. And it was just never knowing. And it was always whenever you would, like, pull over the specimen jar again. Or you'd put it back. Or you'd pull over the other one and stuff, and you would just have it. Luckily, I was pretty close to your DM screen. So I could like see ahead of time when you were going to throw it at somebody else. You saw it in my hand, <laughs> oh, like I'm winding totally. up to the pit. You're just like, <laughs> it, you do such a good job of like making people focus on your face while you're describing scenarios to them because you're so intense with how you describe things that I just saw your hand reaching in to the jar while you're talking to them. And then you just yeet it. <laughs> It's all about and, misdirection. It's all about it was, misdirection. It was just, it was, you have just such a talent with storytelling just through that alone that it made it 10 times more effective than what it actually was. Knowing full well for me that they're fake. I know they're fake, but you did such a good job at just upping the creep factor in the game to make them actually spooky, even though they're just little slugs you bought off of amazon that you stuck in water <laughs> yep uh slugs from amazon they were multiple colors you know you know eleven dollars mm-hmm. i'm glad that worked out so well and i'm glad you infiltrated the house closest to where <laughs> because i had to plan out that entire house because i didn't know which direction you guys were going to enter from yeah well, there were a lot of tricks that i didn't get to use but i'm not going to say what they were the the concept of DMing is just so vast and large that I just give kudos to anybody that can do as good of a job at it. And I mean, it's a very good telltale reason as to why you are listed as a professional dungeon master because like, oh my gosh, I just, I applaud anybody who can DM because you have to think of every single scenario and not get overwhelmed and keep your cool while it's happening unless you want to do something completely devious want to know a secret right you don't have to think of every scenario you just got to pretend like you already right (laughs) (laughs) you just gotta improvise with confidence yeah last night my players threw me for a loop i won't spoil Uh, so yeah so evermore led you into being a nerd getting into D. Um, mm-hmm. i think you said you got big into actually playing the game during covid during covid back when yeah, yeah when D got cool you were there yeah i got into my first sessions i actually was just like playing animal crossing a lot you know like everybody else was <laughs> I, I was too Yep. Mostly my wife. It was her island. I got to visit her island. (laughs) So I would, I would always play with my friend Bree all the time. We'd be on the phone all the time, but then she'd always be like, "Hey, I've got to go for four hours." 
to go and play D and D, and I'd be like, "Okay, bye." And then I'd be like, "Well, what am I going to do now? Actually, spend time with my husband? What is that?" <laughs> Already been married to him for three years. So. Yeah, right. I and at one point I was just like. Is it weird to ask if I can just, like, sit in on your guys' game of Dungeons & Dragons? And she was like, no, let me ask my DM. And then my the DM, Miranda, was like, yeah, of course, you can totally come and sit in and everything. And after I listened to their session, I was like, this is really fun. It felt like I was listening to a podcast while I was playing Animal Crossing out on my porch and listening to them. Uh, and it was about two sessions before she actually messaged me and was like, hey, did you maybe want to join our group and make a character? I feel bad that you're just like sitting there and just listening to us. And I was like, oh, sure. And she kind of walked me through the whole thing. They were in the middle of playing Curse of Strahd. And so I ended up playing a character that was from Barovia. And no shocker here, her backstory is from Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> a dentist? <laughs> No, I almost went with the dentist, but I actually decided to go with a flower shop instead. And because Barovia is so desolate, there was the the idea of a dead flower shop that was basically gone under. And that is basically the flower shop at the beginning of Little Shop of Horrors. The flower shop, Bushnicks, is just completely desolate and there are no customers or anything like that so my character was from that <laughs> cool very cool so what are you up to now what am what i up, up to, to now? now yeah well i have moved on to another group of people my my group naturally sort of dissipated post-covid and everything and now i am with a crew on twitch uh, called The Misadventures of the Dragon Crew. And we stream our sessions every Wednesday. And we have a giant table with a big screen in the middle. We've got screens everywhere, sound equipment, everything, trying to make our D&D sessions as immersive as possible. And we are currently actually playing the hero system instead of Dungeons & Dragons 5e. So I'm doing that instead now. And we... It is the misadventures of the Dragon Crew. They're awesome people. I adore every one of them. So that's what I'm doing. And then in addition to that, I am, you know, I'm still doing performance work and I am still doing, I am doing cosplaying full time now as well. Let's talk about some of the performance work. Can't believe we're like, we've been talking for so long. We haven't even mentioned that you're a professional princess and mermaid. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a fun topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us um, about that. Yeah. Cause this, this goes into, you know, the, the wonderful tapestry that is Courtney. Yeah, I, I have been working with Wish Upon a Party, which is the princess company that I have been working with for over 10 years. And I have been working with them through the Make-A-Wish Foundation as well. So my best friend, Brinley, is the owner of the company and founded the company off of volunteer work specifically. And it is through the Make-A-Wish Foundation that she specifically became a wish grantor and started the company. And we have been doing princess work 
since then. And then it eventually deviated into birthday parties. Hence why the professional word comes in because then you have officially gotten paid. Therefore, you're a professional doing it, right? Professional princess. Right. So I started off playing Princess Tiana. And then eventually I delved off into doing Moana during COVID specifically. So I was doing a lot of Zoom calls as Moana and everything. I had like a beach backdrop and everything. And then I started playing Moana more outside and I started getting paid doing Moana because Tiana wasn't getting requested nearly as often and stuff. So Moana's just more recent. Yes. And she was more recent and everything. And then the Encanto craze happened and I got to play Mirabelle last summer. She's kind of died down since then, but I still play her on occasion. And I'm now hoping that I can play Ariel more often because of the new Little Mermaid movie coming out. So that'll be really fun. I actually have a shoot Speaking for that this Saturday. Speaking of mermaids. <laughs> I also just got hired on with the Court of Mermaids, who was actually one of our sponsors for the D&D live stream. They were one of our sponsors that we had, but I had already submitted an audition form with them and I got hired through them. So they actually are a mermaid group that whatever they earn in tips, they actually give to their respective conservation efforts that they choose to go to. And we just love to go to volunteer events and immerse ourselves as mermaids to the public. So we just did a lot of work over at Station Park in Farmington. I just did three events in a row for the first time. And being a mermaid, and it's crazy, you go from being a princess and you're really, really well known, and kids ask you your, these questions about what it's like to be a princess, you move over into being a mermaid, and it's literally the same exact thing. Even if you created your own original mermaid character, they just want to know every question under the sun about what it's like to be a mermaid. And I do put in the words professional mermaid there too, because I did I did get paid to be a mermaid over at the Living Planet Aquarium for the Halloween season. And so through that, spooky I got mermaid. paid. I wish I was a spooky mermaid, but no, I, I still was my brightly colored mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Pretty mermaids are cool too, I guess. Yeah, so I'm still, I'm doing a lot of really fun stuff over the summer that we're going to be at Ren Fair this year, which I'm very excited about. It's going to be just a fantastic time and I'm enjoying being my jellyfish mermaid. <laughs> very cool. Now, you've got a lot of followers. You've got a lot of people who are interested in what you do in the cosplay sphere and in the nerd sphere. It's and so crazy. What, what do you want to say to people trying to make their mark, people trying to uh, get noticed, people trying to live their dreams. What, what would you want to say to them? I think, honestly, the first thing for me when it came to content creation, it was because it's something that I wanted to do and I didn't want to do it for anybody else. And I think that's the most important thing. You shouldn't be doing it for the followers or the the numbers necessarily the numbers are great because they can make the things you want to do they they can give it longevity absolutely over time but making sure that you're creating things that you're wanting to do is like first and foremost the most important in my opinion 
because the moment that you stop doing things for yourself is the moment that it stops becoming fun and it becomes more of a chore and less like a job. This is the first sort of like profession for me where I have felt motivated to keep going because there's just endless possibilities for what I want to do with it. Um, and so I always prioritize things that I want to do first on those. And I also don't take suggestions from people necessarily on what I should and shouldn't be. I always do make sure that the type of costumes that I'm doing, that I actually vibe with the fandom or whatever that it's come from as well before I actually like delve deep into it or like the idea of it. So I I genuinely do think that it's very much you like you need to make sure that it's something that you actually really want to do and love to do and that it's just for you first before anything. Make sure that that's what it was. Passion. Yeah, because that's what it was for me first. I just I I started off doing it in my own home because I was on TikTok a lot. And I saw that people were dressing up as things. And my heart was with the character that I had basically created myself over at Evermore. And my heart was broken because I had gotten laid off and everything for very, very valid reasons, obviously. The pandemic being the main reason. But I didn't know whether or not I was going to be able to come back ever. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. And I dressed up like her in my home and it started a healing process. And then I was like, oh, what other characters do I resonate with that I could look like and put out there as a form of healing for myself during this really, really hard time socially? Because you couldn't really go out and dress up anymore. So. You just, I just did a lot of stuff in my own home for a really, really long time. And, you know, it got to a point where I just kept doing it inside of my house. And then I moved into actually going outdoors and I connected with some wonderful people at Fanex. And I did my first like on location shoot with them. And that was with Rain and Bella, who were also in our D&D live stream. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Hyacinth as well. And the four of us like did Monster High together. And I loved Monster High growing up. And that was my first on location shoot. And I got it just a little taste of what it is that the three of them did in their lives. And I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. And I want to do this more. This sounds great. This looks great. This is fun. I was having such a good time and I was just happy to be there the whole time and I just got to see how they worked and what their professional lives look like and they have been just nothing but kind of people to me since and it's only taken off from there which is really really cool but that was all because I talked to Rain at Fanex and Rain and I already knew each other because we both mm-hmm. went to college together <laughs> okay I didn't know that Yeah. So her and I went to college together. She was in the Fashion Institute and I was in the theater program. And the Fashion Institute and the theater program work hand in hand with each other sometimes, especially when it comes to costuming for shows. Um, So I was in 
a show over there. And she costumed me for one of those shows. And then she also happened to be working at Evermore in the costume department as well. And that was in that first season. And I was like, oh, hey, it's so good to see you. Like our paths have always just kept crossing. And it's only like right now that it started to, that it's like, it's stuck in everything. <laughs> but uh, and now you're here and now you're creating and. Yeah. And I'm really, really enjoying it. And it's like, I, I just have never felt like I could say, I know exactly what I want to be when I grow up. And everything, but now I'm starting to feel more assured of myself that this is exactly what I should be doing right now in my life because I am having so much fun and it doesn't feel like a chore. Sure, like the cosplay crunching and the slogging sometimes seems like enough, but I put that on myself half the time. <laughs> but it's so worth it. And I just am amazed by the fact that I get compliments from people over something that came out of my brain i'm always so fascinated by what people what other people come up with that i forget sometimes that i also came up with stuff and that people are recognizing that too and it's the first time i've actually felt like wow i've actually finished something to like completion and it's appreciated and it's really nice because <laughs> well, i've always i've always half finished things you know Never gone all the way with things. Well, I look forward to the next things that you create. I'm hoping that there's more collaborations that you and I can do in the future because it's I an absolute pleasure. Would love to. I genuinely have been loving D and D more than anything, and I just want to keep doing D and D for the rest of my life. I feel like if I don't have D and D in my life, I will like malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> I let's, will uh, let's make it. Let's make it our thing. Rest yeah. of our lives. I know. Creating. D&D live stream people. Let's all like actually make the campaign continue. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Any any final words? I don't. I don't think so. I'm glad you're getting to see my my face in its true form and everything, and my hair in its true form. Because <laughs> not a lot of people get to see that. I'm just letting you know, because most of the time I'm usually in wigs and crazy contacts, like I was for the D&D live stream. But now my dozens of fans will see you in your true form as well. This Yay. has been Courtney, a professional shapeshifter extraordinaire at the Curly Girly Cosplay. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Bye.